ตัวเกิดปัญญาเสียงเยี่ยมเงินมัวเวียตัดชั้นตาเนี่ยสัจจะเจนสัจจะอยู่บนไหนเยี่ยมน้ำหวังหวังเจนหวังอยู่บนเ
Let's continue to celebrate Christmas together in songs. We also have a special Christmas message as well as various presentations. Our desire is for you to receive the greatest gift one can receive, that is eternal life through accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. Once again, welcome and thank you for joining us and honoring us with your presence. Hey, 
อ่าบุจวางเจียนหมวงคูเฟียนอ่อแพสเตอร์จอร์จไนท์เทิงบุจุนโตยฮอยแพสเตอร์ไนท์จอร์จุนโตยเมียนยิ้มน้อมเจีย
The Bible tells us in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I want to just look at two things from what we understand about the Christmas story this morning. The first thing is it's easy to get distracted by great gifts. The Christmas story is found in two places, in Matthew and in Luke, and we're going to look at Matthew first. In Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of, Herod, of King Herod, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. In verse 11, after they found where Jesus was, it says, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. They, then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. If you receive these three gifts today, you would be thrilled. Anytime I've given someone gold, they always like it. 36 years ago, I gave my wife some gold and she married me. But in the Bible, gold is a gift for a king. The story tells us that, that three wise, uh, magi or wise men came from what would today be Iran or Iraq to find the baby. They studied the Old Testament and found a promise of a king who was to be born about the time Jesus was born. If you were going to go to the birth of a king, you would want to bring gold too. They wanted gifts that would be appropriate for the promised king, and so their first great gift was gold. Is gold still considered valuable today? Absolutely. Their gift also fulfilled a promise found in the Old Testament about this child who would be sent from God. Isaiah 60 verse 6 says, And all from Sheba will come, bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. Seven hundred years before Jesus was born, God said a king would come and someone would present him with gold. The baby who came that first Christmas was no ordinary child. He was the king of kings. The 
Psalm 141.2 says, May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. And that's what they were doing. We may think this is a strange gift. When the wise men came to see Jesus, they did something very unusual, something we don't normally do. They bowed down and they worshipped the baby. We love having babies at the church. We welcome them, we want to hold them, we watch them grow. Our children's director just had a new baby and uh, she brought the baby over to the gym yesterday and all of a sudden a crowd surrounded the baby. But I've never seen anyone bow down and worship a new baby. This was no ordinary baby. This was God the Son. The third great gift was myrrh. And this was the strangest gift of all. Today, if you wanted to give a gift, uh, if you were a man and wanted to give a gift to a woman, you might get her perfume. And if you are smart, you get a very expensive perfume. And myrrh was a type of perfume. But it was only used for one thing. It was used for burial. It would have been considered very odd for someone to bring a burial perfume to a baby. Why would you do that? Because the wise men were told by God that this baby would have an unusual death. And 33 years after the baby was born, that's exactly what happened. In John chapter 19, verses 39 and 40, it says, Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds, and taking Jesus' body, the this was the king of kings. This was God's son. This was our savior. One of my favorite things to do is to read. And in reading, I ran across a parable that Soren Kierkegaard wrote about this story. I'm going to read a paragraph in English and then he will translate it. Imagine there was a king that loved a humble maiden. She 
She had no royal family, no education, no place in royal society. She dressed in poor clothes, what we would consider rags. She lived in a shack and lived the life of a ragged peasant. For some reason, we can't understand the king fell in love with this girl. He could not stop loving her. But he was worried. How could he reveal his love to the girl? How could he, the richest man in the kingdom, bridge the gap between them? His friends told him to command the girl to marry him and be his queen. He was the most powerful man in the kingdom. But power, even unlimited power, cannot command love. He could force her body to be present in his palace, but could not force her love to be present in her heart. He did not want her just to obey him. He wanted her to love him. The king could not could try to bridge the gap between them by giving her great gifts, dress her in the finest of clothes, give her a crown as his queen. But if he brought her to his palace, if he showed her his magnificent power, if she saw all his wealth and greatness, would she love him for who he was, or would she simply love all that he had given her? There was no other alternative. There was only one way. So one day the king rose, left his throne, removed his crown, laid aside his royal robes. He became a peasant. He dressed in poor clothes, in rags. He worked hard to make a living. He lived in a shack. He struggled in his life. He did not just look like a peasant. He became a peasant. It became his actual life, his nature, his burden. He became as ragged as the one he loved so that she could be united to him forever. That is what God's Son did for us. He became a peasant to win our love. But Kierkegaard did not finish the story. The king who, who came as a peasant, wrapped in strips of cloth as a baby, and laid in a feeding trough, was also the God who Isaiah tells us was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. He was beaten. He was battered. The God who became a peasant was mocked and was crucified. He went to the cross and died in our place for everything wrong we've ever done. The amazing thing, this ragged God is the one we celebrate every Christmas. He 
And the rest of the story that we find is in Luke chapter 2, verses 6 through 12. And in Luke 2, 6 through 12, it says, While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. It's kind of the way we are today. There's no more room in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. Keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Today it's easy to be distracted by gold or perfume or great gifts. But the Bible warns us, just like it warned the shepherds, to find the greatest gift. So I want to ask you three questions this morning. Number one, have I recognized God's love? It would be easy to think about what the wise men gave and miss out on the fact that they were simply responding to the gift of God the gift that God gave the world that first Christmas. The first words of John 3.16 again say, For God so loved the world. When someone loves you and gives you a gift, you, we want to respond and give them a gift back. I'm not sure if we realize how much God loved us when he showed us that and he gave us a gift. What really was the gift that God gave us? Would you give one of your children to help someone else? What if it meant that your child would die? Would you give that child? What if the person you were giving that child to was your worst enemy? Romans 5.10 says, When we were God's enemies, Christ died for us. Have you ever heard of a love like that? I have three children. It would be hard for me to give any of my children up. It would be impossible for me to give my child to my enemy. God loved you that much. God loved me that much. The second question is, have I trusted God's son? It's not enough just to recognize how much God loved us. We have to trust in why Jesus came. 
John 3.16, the next words say that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him. It's easy to say we believe, but do we really believe Jesus has the power to do what he says he can do? I have the uh, Reading phone book. How many of you believe that I can tear it in two? Do you believe? You're wrong. <laughs> when I was a young man, there was a, and I lived in Amarillo, Texas. There was a, a man who came to our church and he said that he could tear the phone the telephone book in two. And it was twice as thick as this phone book. And he showed me that if you can break the spine and you have strong enough hands, you can tear it in two. And I believed him. Kind of. But when he did it, I really believed him. I cannot tear the phone book in two. Tan is stronger, he probably can. I want to know what he just said. No. We can say that we believe in Jesus Christ, but do we really? Jesus said that he would die and return to life the third day, and he did. Jesus said his death would pay for everything wrong that we've ever done. I have staked my life on that belief. I believe. Do you? And the third question is, have I received eternal life? You can recognize God's love and trust in his son by receiving the greatest gift. Because the next words in John 3.16 say, shall not perish but have Eternal life. The greatest gift does you no good unless you receive it and you use it. Three years ago, some very kind people at Cross Point gave me a bicycle. It's a, it's a beautiful bicycle. It was an expensive bicycle. I've never ridden it. That's not true. I've ridden 5,000 miles on that bicycle. But that gift would have done no good if I put it in the garage and never got on it. Pastor Tan and I have ridden many times together. He rides faster than I do. <laughs> Wrong translation. <laughs> what if they'd offered me that gift and I had refused it? What if they offered me the gift but I just never wrote it? What if God offered you a relationship to forgive you for everything wrong you've ever done and and a place to live with him forever when you leave this world, and re- you refuse the gift, you've never accepted it. This gift is not an it, it is a person. You can accept him today. You can have the greatest gift today by simply asking the Lord to come into your life, forgive your sins, and live in you forever. Fifty years ago, I did that. 
And every Christmas, I celebrate again Jesus Christ in my life. It's the greatest gift I've ever gotten. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much, and we come today looking to find the things that you want us to learn. Father, it's easy to be distracted by the things that we see around us. It's easy to be distracted by great gifts. But Father, today I pray that if there's someone who's never received the greatest gift, that even today they will come and receive you. Thank you for coming down to visit us. Thank you for putting aside your robe and your crown. Thank you for becoming the ragged God. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for offering us life. And we pray, Father, that we, each person here today, may know you. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. ยิบุเฮกอฮัมบุนปาจายิจิญิยิบุเฮปุนมุไฮคูเฟียนมังสะเกนลงไฮปุยบุเฮไฮยิบุเยจุงตะเยติวกองถาวอีฮอยเกเ